my name is Kinda Wichester, and I'm here with Autumn Privet, and welcome to the Reading Women podcast, where we are reclaiming half the bookshelf by discussing books by or about women, and this is episode 15. Welcome. Hello. Hello, Kendra. How was your week? Uh, it's doing pretty good. We are just reading away. It is uh, readathons galore right now when we're recording oh, this. Oh, man. Yeah. I just finished at 24 and 48. I'm pretty sure I just read 12 hours, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, that's way more than I read, so gold star for you. Well, I saw your I saw your uh, Instagram there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did read. I read all the time. I have no friends. I have no life. I just read. You hide out with your cats and read. It, it, no, exactly. Yes. If you, if you go to my Instagram, there's a photo of me on the couch with my cat and a book. That's basically my life. Sometimes Josh wanders in accidentally, but that's about it. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. But he's usually in his reading chair with a cat, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and sorry, listeners, my, my dog is actually chewing a toy, and I've tried locking him up, but he cries miserably. So uh, please ignore the chewing noises. It's not, it's not anything weird. It's just Dylan. This is a dog in his chew toy. It keeps him quietish, so we'll go with it. So what's going on in the book news world this week? Uh, we have the Costa Book Award was announced a few weeks ago. Now, can you remind me what this is? So this is the former Whitbread Prize. It's actually a UK prize. So these are all books that were published in the UK in 2016. And so they have several different categories. So I'm going to go through and tell you the names and what they were awarded. And so most of these books are coming out now in 2017, which is why we're going over it. So you want to definitely put these on your TBR and look at them for your library or your pre-order, wherever you get your books. Or all the above. Yes, all the above, which is which is what I do. Um, okay, so we have The Golden Hill by Francis uh, Spufford. He won the first novel award. And I heard an interview with him on, I think, the BBC podcast and it was it was with um, Sarah Perry who did the Essex Serpent, who wrote the oh, Essex Serpent. Oh yes, yes, that is high up on my list. Um, so it's supposed to be really good. So that's probably the one I'm most excited for. The next one is the Days Without End by Sebastian Barry. It won the Novel Award, and that came out. That book came out in the U.S. at the end of January, and then Falling Awake by Alice Oswald won the Poetry. Uh, category and then Dad Land A Journey into Uncharted Territory by Keggy Carew, one biography, and The Bombs That Brought Us Together by Brian Conahan won the Children's Literature Award. So there are five new books that are all should be on your TBRs. All the awards in the land, I tell you what. Yeah, this is just the beginning. We have the Pulitzer ahead of us. We have the um the tournament of books. So what is the category this month, Autumn? Ooh, ooh, ooh. We are talking about middle readers this month. Now, before you hit pause on this podcast, um, we thought that, you know, there's a lot of people who listen to our podcast who have young children. And Kendra and I both started reading when we were very young. And I think I can speak for you, Kendra, and say that books really shaped our childhoods and kind of who we are as adults now. So we kind of wanted to... Go through and pick some books for the young readers in your house who might be looking for something to read or have book reports due or 
other such things. Or you could just be like me and uh, several other people from our book club that really love reading Middle Reader. So we wanted to talk about several of them so you can either read them for yourself or give them to a young person that you love or whatever. You know, it's important to start reading books, good books by women or about women from an early age. Yeah, and I will admit reading a Middle Reader does use a different part of your brain. Yeah, it does. And you have to, you know, be aware of the audience, like when you're reading it, because it is a lower reading level. And a lot of times complex issues are uh, broken down and oversimplified a little bit, but it might be the first time that this child ever, you know, realizes that this issue exists. Right, exactly. And that's like some of the book, one of the books in particular um, that I read over the last couple of weeks, I was like, oh my goodness, like I get it. And then I was like, oh wait, <laughs> I'm not in middle school. So I had to like check myself and then be like, okay, never mind. Just keep going out of, just keep going. There's some little something for everyone. Yeah. So who's going first? Am I going first? Yes. Yay. Okay. So my first pick is Moon Over Manifest by Claire Vanderpool. And this is the story of a girl named Abilene who she has spent most of her life riding the rails with her father. And then once she is about 12 or 13, her dad decides that it's not fitting for a girl to be riding on train cars anymore. So he sends her to live with his friend Shady in the town of Manifest, Kansas. And I think that this is a great book for to introduce kids to the concept of the of an epistolary novel because it is told in a like it's told in several sections. One of those sections being Abilene's present day and like her current struggles and trying to figure out like why her dad left her behind. And then we have flashbacks to this. It's like a I think it was like 1918, to this boy named Jinx and his friend friend Ned. And then there's also sections that are newspaper clippings from the local newspaper. So all of these kind of come together to create this 360-degree narrative. So it's it's a great way to, like, like I said, it's a great way to introduce kids to the concept of an epistolary, nonlinear novel. But then also the story is just really, really good. And like the, I don't want to give away too many details because we're actually going to be discussing this more in depth in our next episode, but the deeper you get into it, the more complex the story becomes. And by the time I got to the end, I was like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. So yeah, very, very good. It was, and also received the 2011 Newberry award. Excellent story. And my First pick is Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson, and it won uh, the National Book Award and is a Newbery Honor Book and a um, Coretta Scott King Award winner. So if you see the cover <laughs> these days, you'll see that it like has all the awards on it, um, and it is well deserved because this is um, a I, it's ha- I think it's kind of like half between a memoir and a novel, which I'm not exactly sure what that is. Is that like an inspired memoir? I'm not sure. So this is a book in verse, and Jacqueline Woodson wrote it about her life. And 
it has the story about how she moved from Ohio to Greenville, South Carolina. And I believe she took some liberties with it, which is why I'm not exactly sure what genre this would fit into. And I actually just talked about this to someone else and was like, I really have no idea. So we're just going to go with it. But it's very moving because she talks about the difference between the South and the North and how when she moved to the South, her life was entirely different. And she had to change the way she viewed the world and how people viewed her. And she never really realized the assumptions she had made about herself. And all of this is from the perspective of uh, a small girl. Um, so it really gives you a view of what life is like in the um, her girl in like the 70s and 80s, I think it is. So it is just an incredibly beautiful book. I've not actually read this one yet, but I did read Another Brooklyn, which was my first introduction to Jacqueline Woodson and oh my goodness yeah and she's wrote several picture books that are really great there's one about um, a quilt and it's about generations um, of African Americans going through and how um, they have memories and the, the she uses a metaphor of a quilt to you know you add on to the quilt kind of deal I'm still sad that we or yeah I'm sad that we didn't see her at the Decatur Book Festival yeah I am I wait what? She was there? Yes. Oh, oh, that's right, because she had just she had just come to Greenville right before then. So I yeah. did get to see her. Oh, that's why we didn't go. Yes. Oh, now I remember. Yeah. I think by that point I was exhausted and grumpy and wanted to go home. So it was it was really hot. It was so hot. <laughs> Felt bad for the people in the booze. Like Atlanta in the summer is no joke, people. It is no joke. Well, technically it was the fall. But it's Atlanta. So summer, you have summer, and then you have a short, like, two-month cold period, and then you have the summer again. I think two months is stretching it. It is January, and it was 60 degrees last week. That's all. Yeah. That is all. Anyway, back to Jacqueline Woodson. So, yes, that is Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. So then the next pick is a book that I really only read a year ago, I think. So I'm really late to the game. Um, and it is the giver by Lois Lowry. And as we all know, we're probably, most of us are probably familiar with the giver at this point, but it is a story of a boy named Jonas and he lives in this town. And when he's born, he's given the, like everyone's given a task and his is the receiver of memory. And so the story follows what that means to him. And he meets um, the character, the giver, who's supposed to like teach him um, what it's like to be the receiver of memory. And But it's, it's super, like, I really, really, really enjoyed this book. And it doesn't seem like, in a lot of ways, it doesn't seem like it's for young kids because of how complex the ideas are. And I think that this idea of what, like, what life would be like in a very, I don't know what I want, like, maybe like a utilitarian sense is, like, just what that would look like and what it would look like to um, have what you're supposed to do with your life given at birth and to be so controlled by, like, the authority, like, the government of the time and Really interesting, complex things um, going on there. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. I read the second one. What is the second one? Is it Gathering Blue? 
Um, I think that's the second one. So I read Gathering Blue. Didn't like it as much. Um, but I think I was expecting like a continuation of The Giver. Yeah, it's more like it's more like a companion novel-ish. Yeah. But it's still like a great way to introduce your kid to sci-fi or like that kind of like um, post-apocalyptic kind of feel of writing. Um, very, very good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And then isn't Meryl Streep in the movie? Yeah, she is. I thought so. I love Meryl Streep so much. She is amazing. And of course she was nominated for another Oscar recently. Of course she was because she is a goddess and amazing and we love her. But that is a complete tangent. <laughs> but anyway, so most of us are probably familiar with The Giver at this point, and I understand, I totally understand that, but I think especially, like, it's it's a good one just to keep on the forefront of your mind, and Lois Flower is a beautiful writer. Like, I was just amazed at, like, how well she describes the surroundings and the details and the nuances of the community that Jonas and his family and friends live in is just absolutely fabulous. And then, of course, because I'm an English nerd, who's married to an English nerd, um, we often throw around the phrase precision of language because <laughs> we're nerds. Yeah. So that is The Giver by Lois Lowry. <laughs> so that brings us to Book of the Month. Yay! Because we love Book of the Month. They always have great selections. And if you haven't heard of Book of the Month for whatever reason... It's a book subscription service where they'll send you a box with a book in it every month and you actually get to pick one of five books and they have five judges who each pick a book and they send that book straight to your door. If for whatever reason you don't like any of the books, you can skip a month or if you like more than one book, you can add books um, for additional fee, but we really like it and as they've developed and as they have grown, they've added so many different online communities. You can now actually rate the books um, online once you get them, which is a cool new feature. Very cool. They just added this month, I think. Uh, so that is really cool. They also do cool things like, I think, yeah, this past month they got, they added a free book to everybody's box. Yeah. It was like a short story by Gillian Flynn who wrote Gone Girl. Yeah. So like you basically got a second mini book for free. Yes, it was, I haven't read it yet, but it's really adorable because it's like a tiny it's a tiny book. tiny books and big books. I know, right? And all books. Anyway. They are really cute. And they normally include a free gift, like a magnet or a straw or wine koozie or whatever. So they have so many cool different things. Uh, but one of the books that I really liked and just finished recently is Behold the Dreamers by Mbolo Mbue. And she is, this book is phenomenal. This is, I believe, her debut book. It's about an immigrant couple who comes over and they are trying to make a life for themselves in New York City. And the husband finds a job as a chauffeur for an executive um, at a financial management company. And then the 2008 financial crisis happens. And so everything just falls apart. And it's how they deal with that and what happens after that. I don't want to say too much more because I'll give it away. But it's really a great book. And I just love it to pieces. And book of the month is just incredible. It is true. Nothing is better than book mail. And if you have cats, the box is doubles great cat beds. Or if you have dogs, dogs like to shred them. Hopefully you don't true. have a dog that actually likes to eat. Not, thankfully mine doesn't eat it, but 
it's the gift that keeps on giving. It is true. It is true. They think of everything. So <laughs> we have a couple coupons and we will leave them in the full show notes, which is on our website, readingwomenpodcast.com. And you can check out those coupons um, and get uh, some percentage off, whether a one month or three month subscription you get to pick. And we'll include those there. I think your pick is next. Oh, I will just keep talking then. Keep talking. Of course. Um, okay, so the next is we have The Secret Voice of Gina Zhang by Dory Jones Yang. And this is one of the first books that I read that was about an immigrant family. And so Gina and her family move over uh, to the U.S. from China. And Gina can't talk in English. She... She talks to her family at home in Chinese, but for some reason, whenever she tries to talk at school in English, she just can't. She just can't talk. And so a lot of people think she's not smart or that she just doesn't understand English or whatever, but she totally understands English. She just, whenever she tries to talk, her throat feels, closes up and she just can't seem to handle it. So this middle grade book talks about how Gina comes to terms with being, you know, an immigrant to the United States and how she interacts with her family. And then she becomes more fluent in English than her parents. So she's sitting there listening, but to people talk to her parents in English, like at parent-teacher conferences, but the adult who's speaking English assumes she doesn't understand English because she won't speak it. And so she actually learns a lot about how English-speaking American people talk to her parents and the racism that goes on there. She also tells stories with like these figures that she has, and she's able to talk in English that way. Um, I don't want to say any more because I feel like I'll give spoilers about how and why she can't talk and different things that have happened in her life. But I do remember this book very vividly because it changed my perspective as uh, a middle uh, school girl. Uh, it taught me that immigrants have a different way of life and that there are different challenges to that. So um, it's a gorgeous book. Did you read it? It's published by American Girl. No, I didn't. Yeah, they actually for a while there had some amazing middle grade novels. Yeah, I missed that bandwagon, unfortunately. Well, you never too late. I always wanted the Girls of Many Lands books, but I never got oh, to read I those either. Read one of them. They're really good. But now they're like they're three fifty at Second and Charles. Really? Yeah, they're really cheap. I should go buy more books. Yes. <laughs> So that is The Secret Voice of Gina Zhang by Dory Jones Yang. So my next pick is Horton's Miraculous Mechanisms by Lisa Evans. And I'm going to sneak a second book in here because I can. And then the uh, companion book to that, Horton's Incredible Illusions. And the reason I say companion book is like it's two different books, um, but it is actually one story. So... You can stop at the first one, but I don't recommend it. I recommend reading both of them because it makes more sense. It is the story of this kid named Stuart Horton who moves to a new town and he is dealing with things that kids his age do. Like his name is Stuart Horton, so they call him Shorten, S. Horton, Shorten. And so, yeah, it's so sad. So he moves to this town, and he finds out once he's there, it's the town that his dad grew up in, and he discovers that his great-uncle was a magician, and he has all these 
magical um, props that have been missing for 50 years. And he find, after he moves into the house, he finds a clue which sets him out on this adventure with one of his triplet neighbors. His triplet neighbors' names are April, May, and June. And Horton and April go on this journey to find these missing mechanical devices. So that's the first book. And then in the second book is what happens. Uh, spoiler alert, Horton or uh, Stuart actually finds the magical mechanisms. And so the second one kind of explores what happens when he finds them because there's seven of them and each of them holds a secret mystery and they actually contain real magic. Like they're actually magical. It's not like, like the mechanism itself is magical, but then they contain magic. And so he gets transported into these different puzzles that he has to solve to find clues. So actually quite good. Like I was a little bit, I saw, I saw these books several years ago, lost track of them found them at a local bookstore and picked them up again. And they did not disappoint. Like overall, I really thoroughly enjoyed the stories. Uh, of course, but I just kind of like magical books if y'all haven't figured that out yet. I did have a few problems with how, well, I didn't really like how disconnected Horton, I keep calling him Horton, but his name is Stuart. Why do I keep doing that? It sounds I, like it. I mean, Horton Miraculous Mechanisms. Right, exactly. So Stuart's parents, I, they're both kind of like disconnected, which I, that part I didn't find was believable, but then I tried to put myself into the shoes of a middle grade reader, and I'm like, yeah, I could see how they would perceive the world this way. Um, I did like that Hort, that Stuart... Um, doesn't like April at first. He thinks she's like super bossy, but then like he kind of comes around to like realizing that she has skills that he doesn't have and can contribute to his life in that way. And so it was really cool. Like it was a little bit more nuanced than I expected it to be. And I just enjoyed the magic because I like books about magic. So there, and they're quick reads. I think I read them both in like a day or something like that. So yeah, lots of fun, um, especially if your kids are into magical books or, you know, looking for a book um, about puzzles and adventures. I would definitely recommend uh, Horton's Miraculous Mechanisms and Horton's Incredible Illusions by Lisa Evans. And my next pick is last pick. Oh, that's sad. We're already the last one here. We're a little um, ahead. So it is Esperanza Rising by Pam Munoz uh, Ryan. And this is based on, this novel is based on her grandmother's life. I found that really interesting because of course, after I read it, I had to go on the website and like read everything about this book because it is amazing. Um, and I actually did the audio of this book. So plug for audiobooks right there. So it's about Esperanza who the she lives in Mexico, and so she has this great tragedy in her life, and they lose all of their property, and they have to go and find a new life for themselves. So they have friends um, who actually used to be their servants who help them get working papers to go up to the United States, and they go there, and they find out that it's actually um, this, frankly, really horrible conditions uh, that they have to work in, and they have to adjust to, because before they were quite wealthy, and now they're in 
this type of um, a company camp, I guess it would be. And they pick, they have different like seasons where they pick different things and then the women will cut the potatoes after the men have harvested them and things like that. And so each chapter is based on a crop that they're working on, which is really interesting. And so she remembers time by like, oh, that was during X season or whatever. And it was really moving because she talks about like the circumstances that they lived in and how much money they made and what they were required to. And then a lot of people were very frustrated because this is during the Great Depression and all of the Okies or people from the Ozarks are moving because of the Dust Bowl to California, taking their jobs and getting paid more. There are some people who want to strike and Esperanza is trying to save up money to bring her grandmother over and just all this stuff is going on. And I think, especially during today's political climate, no matter what your opinions are, this is a very important book to gain empathy and understand where people are coming from, especially um, with Mexican immigrants. And it's just a beautiful story told and really opens your eyes, whether you're a child or you're an adult. I thought this was a beautiful story. It is very moving. I just kept stopping and then telling Sam, look what just happened. (laughs) And like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i love the food theme throughout like it's it's a really great way to structure a story and it also teaches you about harvesting i think and what they used to have to do by hand very very good yes so that is esperanza rising by pam Muniz uh, ryan and we're going to be talking about that in our next episode because we both really loved it which is why we are trying to bite our tongues and not say anything. Yes, because obviously by my impassioned speech, like I could talk about this forever, but I will save that for next time. I feel like we had a lot of, like unintentionally, because we picked these books several weeks ago. I feel like they're all kind of centered around a similar theme. Yeah, I think we did the very well unintentional great job. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yay us for happy accidents. Oh my goodness. So I think think we're at new books yay new books so i love new books and i am very like just i get so excited by all of the books that are coming out and thankfully i will have a new outlet which is the newsletter so i'm going to be putting all of the new books that i'm excited about so we're going to have some of our favorites in still in the podcast but any, you know, all the in-depth stuff will be over in the newsletter. So you're definitely one to subscribe so you can learn about all the new books by or about women that you will want to put on your TBRs and get on your library hold lists for. And you can go to our website, thereadingwomenpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to our newsletter there. I think there's like two or three different places where you can do that. Um, and then we're going to be sending it out on February 3rd. Yes, so we have some great things planned that we just uh, got confirmed today. So that is really exciting, and I cannot wait. First up is a book we've already talked about already, which is Pachinko by Grand Central Publishing. And that is coming out the first Tuesday in February, and that is by Min Jin Lee. And that is like a family saga that covers a lot of time and its beliefs over in China. The next one is Autumn by Ali Smith from Pantheon, and that book was already published in the UK this past fall, um, and it is part of a quartet, um, Autumn, Winter, Spring, and Summer, and it's actually a very relevant a novel. It's about 200 pages long in the UK edition, and it talks about like things like Brexit, and I mean, it's Ali Smith, so of course it's going to be wonderful. 
The next one is A Separation by Riverhead by Katie Kinomura. And that is about a couple who is separated, but then the husband goes missing. And so the wife must find the husband before people think that she murdered her husband and ran off. The next one is Tell Me Everything You Don't Remember from Echo by Christine Hung Oakley. And that is a memoir about a woman who has a stroke at 33. I've actually already started reading this one and the writing is gorgeous. So I definitely highly recommend this one. And we may be talking about it later. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for a super secret mystery. Yeah, we have all these plans. We're big planners. I know. It's so hard not to talk about it. I'm not good at keeping secrets. So <laughs> so the next one is American Street by Belzer and Bray by Ibi Zaboy. And I believe you talked about this one last one, Autumn, didn't you? Last podcast? Yeah, so I talked about this one. It is about a Haitian family who immigrates to America. Is it after the hurricane? I don't know. I just read the blurbs. I I don't see that in the description, so don't quote me or hold me to that. But yeah, it looks really fascinating. So that looks like a great immigrant story. We all need more of those. Um, so the next one is Dear Friend from My Life, I Write You in Your Life from Random House by Hyung Lee. And it is blurb by Marilyn Robinson. And it is supposed to be a really fantastic blurb from an author I'd never heard of until this came out. So uh, I believe it's just about her life and what went on. So I want to read this one. And I also want to go back and look at her backlist and see what's going on. I haven't heard of this one. Yes. Um, it's supposed. It's just like an author memoir. And she's supposed to have written a lot of amazing things. And I have no idea why I've never heard of her. I feel ashamed and excited all at the same time because that means that there's a new amazing author that I get to go and read all of her stuff. But this is also the point of our podcast. This is true. We learn just as much as our listeners, if not more. (laughs) And it's to bring them all of these great stories to everybody, including ourselves. So, yes, I this just seems like a good time for memoirs. It, It does, doesn't it? Yeah, I believe you started the next one, Autumn. Oh, I did. I did. I started Harmless Like You. It is coming out. Um, it is being published by Norton, and it's by Rowan Hesayo Buchanan. And I, it's going to be amazing. I, it's, it starts out in the present and then moves to the past and talks about this boy. Well, it, it's not. It's about his mother. So, like, you under you find out in the first chapter that he and his mother don't have a good relationship. And then it immediately flashes back to her childhood. So it's kind of like you get her backstory before you kind of figure out. I mean, you understand at the very beginning why they don't have a good relationship. I don't think it's a spoiler, but I'm still not going to say anything just in case. Um, Yeah, really fascinating. Haven't made any progress on it lately, but it is not because of a lack of desire. It's just been time. So I'm super eager to finish this one. And last one is The Hate You Give from Belzer and Bray by Anthony Thomas. And this is inspired, inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement. And a girl sees her best friend shot on the street and she's the only witness. And what she says about um, what happened uh, can change her community forever. So I'm really interested in reading that one as well. I follow Angie Thomas on Twitter, so she's also just great there. So when you fall in love with someone on Twitter or you really like them at any Right. Like their book has to be amazing, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. 
So we have a lot of amazing, important books coming out. So you can find all of these in our newsletter and more information there. We're excited. Yes, obviously. <laughs> we've been planning this for months. <laughs> I think we've been talking about this as long as we've been talking about the podcast, which, mind you, that the website for Reading Woman has now existed for over a year because we built it, the first, you know, beta one in January of 2016. Really? Yeah. Happy website birthday. I know, right? And speaking I mean, of, if you haven't seen the new website, you all should really go check it out. It is, I'm, I'm proud of it. <laughs> that was Autumn's baby. <laughs> I don't mind saying it. It still needs work, but I'm so proud of it. It has come so far. Oh, and thank you everyone to all the very, very kind comments about our new logo update. Um, we are extremely thankful to Sarah for doing that for us and really thrilled with how it looks. And so we definitely appreciate all the love you've shown for our brand new logo. It makes us happy too. So that is all from us. If you love The Reading Women, please go and rate or review us in the iTunes store and or Stitcher. We really appreciate it. It helps other people find us. And it just makes us feel warm and fuzzy on the inside too when you let us know that you appreciate what we're doing. Um, and if you have any ideas, please send us a, a note at readingwomenpod- hello at readingwomenpodcast.com. And we will respond to you as soon as possible. And as always, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Litzy and Instagram. And if you have a book that you're reading that's by or about a woman that you are just flipping out over, please tag us in it. We would love to repost it and share it with other people and just spread all the book love everywhere. Um, you can also find me, Autumn Privet, on Twitter and all the places at Autumn Privet. And you can find Kendra at Katie Winchester. And yeah, thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Bye guys.